Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. And then there's this like this yellow pudding, right? It's straight yellow and and it's in a big serving tray, right? It's a buffet line type of thing. So I asked this lady next to me, I'm like, excuse me, um, can you tell me what this yellow pudding is? What is this? Right? And she goes, oh, this is tartar. Do you know what tartar is? Tartar sauce. Do you know tartar? Have you ever had mayonnaise and relish? Tartar. And I'm like, I just spoke to you. <laughs> in English. In, uh, in English. In five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. If you are a first-time listener, this is also known as fucking uh, Gookie Monsters. (laughs) Which is Gookie Monsters. You know, that was the the original name. (laughs) It was the original name of the podcast. Really? I need some soup. What? (laughs) I know. It was going to be called Gookie Monsters. And then it was supposed to be the cookie monster with two fortune cookies in his hands oh, no. <laughs> with the Chinese hat <laughs> with podcast with podcast earbuds or po- headphones you, on. You had a, a spectrum of ideas. Yeah. The absolute worst one. <laughs> yeah. And somewhere right in the middle. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's going to be called gookie monsters. And then people advise me not to. Meok, 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 meok. Yeah. <laughs> breaks the cracker and yeah. there's just a fortune cookie inside oh, <laughs> confucius hey but uh yeah people advised me not to do that number one they said that it was a little too um kind of court of the market on just asian stuff right you talk about everything right and they also said it was borderline offensive <laughs> also you were just coming off the set of gook yeah right. <laughs> gook by the way saying that's the movie you were in yeah right? yeah dude did i ever tell you um so years ago, you know, you know, we did Kim Jong Il together, right? Yes. So if you guys don't know, one of the 
I, I did this character Kim Jong Ila, and then there was uh, this video that I did, which was one, of, which kind of uh, evolved the style of what the Kim Jong Ila videos were, because I just shot it by myself, yeah. and I just set up a tripod and I just said bullshit, and so it was actually was that the first time I ever met you was in Seattle. Yeah, we shot the Kim Jong Ila in Seattle skit. That I, was a dope ass time. Dude. Exactly, and the I first think, time we met, and then we clicked instantly, and we went to Tigs and we got drunk yeah. together after. <laughs> Even in the editing process, I was like. Look in the script, this and that. But if we switched it this way, and then you were totally on board, I was like, "This guy fucking gets it." <laughs> you know, I was like, "Yeah, that makes sense." Yeah, so many people are so anal about how they write something, even in like YouTube skits. They're like, "No, it's like this, like yeah. this," and they'll ruin a fucking joke because it's what they say. Yeah, like, Fuck. I, I'm not too particular about that. It's more like, I'm especially like in the creative process or just anything that you'll do, you're never going to be a hundred percent right. Right. It's it's impossible, right? right? Some things is taste and preference, and other times it's just it's just better. You just need other people's ideas sometimes so you can take the credit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking around. I'm fucking yeah. around. No, literally, David has never done that. Yeah. I'm, fuck, I'm I'm just alluding to the other people I've worked with. Yeah, so. it's it's pretty cool because like now it's just like yeah, when we work together, like you'll sometimes I don't understand structure very well, you know, because mm. I'm I'm more of a joke guy. Yeah. So I'm, sometimes I think too much about the joke where I'm not thinking about the structure and how things make right. sense on camera, you know, which which is, you know, I, I just don't know that type of stuff. So as an editor, I I have I see foresight. I see how it's going to be edited as we're shooting. And I'm like, we need to fill this spot or we got to say something here to transition it or whatever. Like that's the kinds of things I see. I think that's why we work so well together. Yeah, yeah. And it's always more fun and collaborative that way too. Yeah. Like if you're so just like staunch on one idea or one concept, number one, most likely it's not going to turn out that well. Yeah. Like even uh, like like Gook, when we shot Gook, the structure of that film completely flipped from what the script was to what the editing was. Right. And that's because of the editing team. Like this doesn't make sense. Yeah. When we saw the first edit, it was the, the film was actually chronological right. and it was very flat. But when we started flipping things around different locations and it just it was way more exciting. Yeah. It just it just edited a lot better right. that way. So, you know, you just can't be married to all these fucking ideas. What the fuck was I gonna say earlier? <laughs> <laughs> gookie monster? It was gookie monsters and then so, oh, so speaking of like really offensive ideas. So with the Kim Jong Ila character years ago, um, a lot of networks were really interested in making Kim Jong Ila an actual series. Oh wow. Uh, it was really popular at the time. So I had the misfortune of having this being shopped around and wanting to be picked up during the time that North Korea, were, they were hacking people's files. Oh, shit. That's all Sony. Has. Yes. The whole right, Sony the interview. Exactly. Yeah. So there was a specific network out there that wanted to pick it up. And literally they were like, this is hilarious. This is crazy. We want to do this. And then the Sony network thing happened. And they fucking iced it. All right. They're like, nope, we're not going right. to take a risk on this. Because if they did that to Sony, they'll fucking do it to us. Shit. But the funny thing is, is like when you go into a room and you're pitching these ideas, a lot of the stuff that you do will get watered down, i.e. something like Fresh Off the Boat, right? Fresh Off the Boat was probably yeah. something a lot more true to its nature. Oh, yeah. Because Eddie Huang's father was a gangster. Yeah. And Randall Park is not. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there, there's stuff like that. Well, for when you're in these writing rooms or what I was told is like, listen, balls to the wall. Shoot whatever idea that you want and make, let them water it down. Yeah. So I remember, and this is like one of these Patrice O'Neill moments where he says, like, half the room when you do this, when you do comedy, should be dying laughing and the other one should be mortified. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. So I pitched this. So the idea of Kim Jong Ila as a character is Kim Jong Ila, in and of itself, he's not really a bad guy. 
He's just a guy that's fucking ignorant. Ignorant, yeah. He is told that everything he does and everything he touches is gold. So his perception of himself is a lot more heightened than his actual reality. Yes. And so that's why you see in Kim Jong-il, that's why he's number one everything. Mm. He's the number one husband. And you find out he's not the number one husband. Yeah. Number one singer. He's not the number one singer, but he doesn't know any better. Right. So in this series, it was supposed to be a half reality. It was supposed to be like um, a reality TV show. Like The Office, like a mockumentary. Like a mockumentary, but more like um, Borat. Borat, okay. Yeah. It was supposed to be like Borat with trained so, actors. And and then and then you go out and interact with the real world, though, in these situations. Exactly. Right. So the first episode, and this is the one that I pitched, and this was my favorite fucking episode. I remember when I was pitching this idea, these the the writers that they were trying to that they were lining up for me, they were crying laughing. They were cracking the fuck up. They're like, dude, this is what I want to write for. Yeah. Right. But some of the execs were like, what the fuck is this? This is crazy. <laughs> so the first episode idea, I remember I was pitching it to this guy and I really liked this guy because he understood where I was coming from and he was bouncing off ideas off of me and it was getting crazier and crazier. Yeah. And so the first episode was supposed to be Kim Jong-il, number one uh, self-defense uh, teacher for women. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so... First, you take away their rights. <laughs> yeah. So, dude. So the first episode, he is a self-defense teacher uh for sex offenders not, <laughs> so it's not when someone's coming to kick their ass so it's it's, it's to protect sex, sex offenders against women who have had self-defense training <laughs> and you're telling me this didn't pass there's no green light <laughs> so, the, the first episode it's him. And so this is like a Borat thing. So it's half trained actors, half not. Yes. Yeah. And so you're in. <laughs> I got to find this script somewhere. I don't know where the fuck it is. But the first episode, he's a self uh, defense teacher for sex offenders. And there's a bunch of women who think it's for women. And, the, <laughs> and so they're walking in, but they see half the room are a bunch of creepy guys. And they're yeah. all actors. Okay. Right. And, but some of the women are actors as well, too. Yeah. And so, like, the first thing, like, Kim Jong-un said, I said, today, we are going to teach you how to depends, right? Yeah. And then I have a fucking uh, anti-rape kit. And then the anti, let's not say, anti, let's not say the word rape. Let's say anti-self-defense kit, right? right? Apologies. Um, and inside there is was pliers, a small bottle of milk, <laughs> <laughs> right? The pliers were to break the uh, rape whistle, the smash <laughs> And, then, and the small bottle of milk was for pepper spray for your eyes. <laughs> so, and, yeah, okay, okay, I see. I see why it wasn't greenlit, yeah, but yeah. So this is so here's the thing though, and I want people to listen to this thoroughly. The idea of this is that we're not celebrating this guy. No. He is a fucking idiot. Yeah. And he's clearly in the wrong. Nobody agrees with him, right? So the people who aren't actors and actresses, they're 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 gonna freak out. They're like, what the fuck is this about? Right? <clears throat> And so, like, you'll see, and I'm setting up the scenario. I get one of the male actors and then one of the female actresses, uh-huh. right? And then he's, she's supposed to defend against his attacks. And he takes the rape and crushes it, <laughs> right? She sprays him in the eye and he puts the milk in his eye. And they go, number one defense is always extra offense, right? And then he just fucking tackles her, right? And then, then we end that scenario. And in the back, it was supposed to be this weird acronym. I forgot what it was, but it was a stupid fucking acronym. And it was just highly offensive. Okay. But in these episodes, 
because he doesn't understand how this world works, right. he thinks that he took a Gary V seminar about creating a uh, a business about stuff that people don't have. So creating things, inventions are creating stuff that people f- don't know that they need. Right. And that's what he said. So that's the Gary V seminar that he heard. And that's why he created this thing. Right. Okay. But he doesn't know about the social norms. <laughs> yeah. And so what happens is at the end of the class, the female actors beat the shit out of Kim Jong-il. Right, right. And then he doesn't know what's happening. He's crying. And they explain to him, like, listen, like these aren't good people. And he's like, but I, but a Gary B told me. <laughs> You have to build an invention is a something that you don't know what you need right now, yeah. you know? And then, uh, you know, he then he starts to realize this is really terrible and he goes around and he apologizes and then he becomes a feminist and he starts, you know, supporting women. Right. So there is a moral to the story and it's just that he's not celebrated for this stuff. He's just a fucking, it's like Borat. Yes, yes. Borat right. is a fucking. Right. So yeah. many people don't understand Borat like mm. that, right? Because Borat is. Okay. Um. What's the real guy? Sasha Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen. He's actually a trained, like mime. Like he. Oh, really? Yes. He is a classically trained clown, legit clown, right? That fucking makes sense. So, what is the purpose of a clown? I think people have forgotten what a purpose of a clown is, right? Uh, because they just look so scary and creepy. Yeah. yeah they yeah. just turn to horror movies. <laughs> But in actuality, what like a clown's job is that they're like expert mimes at the same time, but like they're dressed up in all that makeup and in ridiculous clothes, right? To show that they are jesters, they are goofs, right? But their job is to make you look dumber than them. Mm. (laughs) So they play so dumb. The idea is that Sasha Baron Cohen in his Borat character or any of his Ali G and Bruno and all those characters. And uh, they're to pretty much what he, if you watch it, it's so fucking like genius psychological like offensiveness. Yeah. Where he makes himself so dumb that someone else thinks he's obviously smarter than them. But to actually communicate with them, they have to dumb themselves down. Yeah, too, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's why these crazy important people like like senators and like um like celebrities, what do they fall for his traps? Because they don't know that he's playing this character. And yeah. that's why it's so genius because he plays a clown where what he's really doing, even though he's an idiot as Borat, he's an idiot at all of his characters are idiots. They're dumb. They're dumb, but the They're point not supposed is to be to, celebrated. Yes. The point is to show that neither are you, whoever he's interviewing, mm. that whatever you think or believe in. Politicians. Politicians. All of that shit is to show that your shit is pretentious. It's fake. It, it doesn't really, it's, it, it doesn't help anybody. Yeah. And you're a fool. You're even dumber than I am right now as <laughs> this weird immigrant. What he's doing is, is trying to live up to the American uh, I guess values are all that the American dream, but showing the flaws in it. Mm. That's why the Borat, Mammoth, uh, Borat movies are so genius to me. I the fucking first love it. Borat, it's so insane to me. And the reason why it did so well is because nobody knew who Sasha Baron Cohen was. Right. So there was a huge challenge in That's shooting. So Borat many too. people fell for it from the first movie. Yeah. Right. But the second movie was so much harder because everyone it was, knew. I heard it was fucking difficult because yeah. everybody knew who Borat was. Yeah. And I think over time, like Borat, let's just say it's a cult classic now. Yeah, it is a fucking cult classic, 
And so it's hard not to know what Borat is. Yeah. Maybe in the next 50 years, you could somebody else can do yeah. it, and then it'll have like that same effect again. But as of right now, Sasha Baron Cohen is still very popular. He yeah. did Bruno. He did all these different iterations. So like there was stuff that I could tell it was hard for them to shoot. Like he, they just oh, couldn't yeah. get it done. Oh, yeah. So they had to go into obscure America, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they filmed in the area. You know, I always talk shit about the crazy shit I've seen. In Borat too, they filmed in the area I live in. Oh, for real? Yeah, that's why. So he dresses up as a, a hick yokel. Dude, and he, that was it? That was it in Washington. And those two guys in the cabin he was staying with, that was in Washington, dude. That's hilarious, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. So like, as I was watching, I was like, holy fucking God. I, I'm so thankful he came to this area to expose these people for what they think and believe in. Like, That's fucking insane. Yeah. And, and if you watch Borat 2, it's kind of hard to watch. There's a lot of cringe Dude, moments, it's right? It's really hard to watch sometimes. It's really hard to watch. But it's like one of the sweetest movies you ever see, too. <laughs> the fucking character arc of his daughter. Yeah, yeah. It's so sweet while it's like, what the fuck is happening? The first one was because people didn't know who he was. I was trying to watch it. There was moments I had to pause because I was getting goosebumps because right. it was like, oh, like this is so, so hard to watch. hard to watch. But which shows the fucking balls he has. And he's not laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. My lovely genius brain farts. This podcast is brought to you by Fume. Ever tried to break a bad habit and felt like you're climbing Everest and flip-flops? Yeah, we've been there too. But here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. It's not about giving up. It's about switching up, baby. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and a whole lot more enjoyable. What is Fume, you ask? Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device that does just that. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy that makes replacing your bad habit easy. I keep one in my car just because I'm a fidgety guy. And guess what? I'd be puffing on that delicious herbal tea vapor, my friends. Nothing bad for you in there. And definitely, definitely fun to use. My friends, start the year off right with the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash genius and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving the listeners of the show 10% off when they use my code genius to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Start the good habit at tryfume.com slash genius to save 10% off the journey pack today. 
my lovely brain farts to continue to support this podcast. Remember, this podcast is brought to you by IP Vanish. Did you know that browsing online uses incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. You dummies, what are you doing? You're out there browsing out there thinking that you're safe, but you're not. Everybody's snooping and duping on your stuff. You need to get a VPN, and you need to do it with IP Vanish. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computers, tablet phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. So remember, my friends, go to ipvanish.com slash brain and use promotional code brain and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash brain. How is he not fucking laughing? Have you seen Who is America? Dude, that was the series that he did, right? Yes, yes. With the whole self-defense, the Iranians. Yeah, that's so good. Dude, when he was doing the whole dildo out the thing, my date, my date, I was like, this is not real. And these people are really like going for it and doing this shit, right? How? How does he do this? That's the kind of mind games Sasha Baron Cohen can play. That's why he's fucking genius. How he can get people to stoop like their fucking intelligence lower to expose themselves. Because most people walk around with a, uh, like at least some kind of awareness yeah. where there's manners, right? But when you take away like, like uh, not take away, but let's say you build a false sense of a sense of a safe space. Yeah. It makes people expose themselves. And he's so good at doing. It's so true when you say that where people kind of dumb themselves down because they believe the person's stupid Mm -hmm. and they kind of lower. Like it's the same thing when somebody thinks that they can't speak English. Right. right? Like I've, I've seen people come and talk to my parents, you know, and they're not trying to be rude, but you know, inherently it's just very weird. Yeah. They go like, okay, this is where you go. It's like, listen, <laughs> if they don't speak English, whether you say it slow or fast, they're not going to oh understand. God, it yeah. doesn't matter how fast you say it or not. Right. So it's just, I would always look at that. I'm like, if somebody came up to me, right, and they started speaking Cantonese, right? And they go, oh, I, yeah, I see him out. You know, it's like going really right. fast. Well, I was very racist. <laughs> but if they, if they go really slow with it, I'm like, I still don't understand. It yeah. doesn't matter. I yeah. wonder why we do that. I don't know. I think it's um I got to I got to say sometimes it's part of like a superiority complex yeah. to be honest. Like even so when I was in Hawaii doing my missionary training on this base in Kona um we have a like every breakfast lunch dinner we everybody eats together no matter what class. So it's a big university but there's only one lunch line, right? Yeah. And that week they have they're they're serving shark Right? Oh shit. Yeah. And you know me and seafood, I can't do that shit or whatever, right? So I'm just going through the line and I'm I'm getting everything but the fish. And then there's this like this yellow pudding, right? It's straight yellow. And and it's in a big tr- serving tray, right? It's a buffet line type of thing, right? You go through the line, pick up your portion. And I'm like, what the fuck is this yellow pudding or whatever so there's this white lady next to me obviously we're all missionaries we're all like doing missionary work and so we're all they're all super christian and so i asked this lady next to me i'm like excuse me um can you tell me what this yellow pudding is what is this right and she goes oh 
This is tartar. Do you know what tartar is? Tartar sauce. Do you know tartar? Have you ever had mayonnaise and relish? Tartar. And I'm like, I just spoke to you <laughs> in English. In, a, in English. In a perfect thing. Maybe I have a weird LA kind of like yeah. accent or some shit, but like, what the fuck? I just asked you what this was. They were like, tar, tar. But the thing is, bless her heart, she was trying to be super nice. Yeah. But she was talking to me like I was deaf. Dude, I would have hammed it up, dude. <laughs> yeah. I would have hammed it up so bad. What? Do you know what this is? What do you say? <laughs> I would have been like this old Japanese man. Oh, I don't know. Please spare it for me. <laughs> I know. Is it not the soy sauce or sushi? Yeah. Like, I was, what the fuck? But that's the thing. Like, I don't know what it is, but people think that when someone can't understand you, they gotta talk slower and, and louder. louder. Like you're like handicapped. Yeah, it's like I don't understand the language. I'm not fucking deaf. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? I mean, my problem being like, I just spoke perfect fucking English to you. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is? It doesn't even matter if it's like that. It even works the other way around. So you know, Z, Z, our, our buddy Z, you've seen him on the podcast uh, years ago, but. Uh, Z is a musician friend of ours, but he's Chinese Swedish. Yes. So he speaks Swedish. So we're going to an IKEA and I'm, <laughs> I'm with him. I go to the fucking IKEA. There's an old Swedish man up front. He yeah. clearly has a thick Swedish accent, right? And then Z's excited because he gets to speak Swedish. To yeah. Dude, right. And he starts speaking to him in Swedish and the guy just goes, okay, uh, in here. <laughs> like, he's English. I'm like, He's speaking Swedish to you. Speaks right. And you won't just speak. Like, you won't return the favor. He's talking. He's speaking back to him in this broken English that nobody understands. I'm like, what the fuck is that? I was like looking at Z. I was like, what is that? He goes, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I couldn't understand him in English. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know what the fuck he's saying in English. Like, he's, shit, was, was he so Swedish? Funny. Maybe he was Finnish. <laughs> yeah, no. I think I think fucking Z nah. Z speaks like uh, Polish, Swedish, uh, Cantonese, Mandarin, and English. Damn, these weird little like obs- not obscure, obviously like Cantonese and Mandarin are like the most popular yeah. languages. But I guess like um, where he worked at, they speak they spoke Polish, so he learned it. Right. So he's like he speaks like five languages. Shit. Well, I wonder what he's thinking about. What's going on out there? Because that's Eastern Europe, basically. Oh yeah. Right? So we're gonna talk about that. It's it's weird. Like I I kind of want to discuss this only because of just how fucking sad it is, and it's the biggest news in the world. I mean, we're looking at. This is gonna change all our lives, so, and it's not. And that's the pandemic's just about over. I know. And, Isn't that the weird thing? It's like, what the fuck is happening? And in the now past we're three facing years? World War Three. Yeah, oh, literally. Yeah, and I'm not sure too if people understand the gravity of of, of, this, of the situation of the state of the world right now. Yeah. Outside from pandemic, right? So if you guys don't know what's happening right now, there's a literal war going on right now for, in Ukraine and Russia. Yeah, and. I'm trying to read it. The first thing I Googled, right? And as I'm seeing all this stuff, and look, I'm not worldly like most people are. So I don't know what the relationship status is between Ukraine and Russia. In all honesty, if I'm going to be 100% honest, I thought it was the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they both speak Russian. Yeah, so I, I didn't know. Right. right. So my understanding is that um, the Ukraine and many, many other states um, used to be part of Russia, the USSR, the Soviet Union. Mm. And in 91, right? Uh, 91 yeah the the well the soviet union fell right the the uh berlin wall came down and everything communist within the european you know areas kind of fell right and in turn what happened was that all these little uh 
states that belonged to the Soviet Union um, basically fractioned off and became independent. They became their own countries. And so specifically, Ukraine was very heavy towards being a democratic country, mm. right? And I don't mean that like, like Democrats and Republicans, like democratic meaning that they vote. You know, yeah. for their leadership and and basically the normal first world style is a many d- democratically elected government, right? Yeah, elected leadership, elected leadership. <clears throat> and over the years, apparently, there's been a lot of turmoil between Russia and um, the Ukraine. So in 2014, um, there was a basically a pre- they ousted their president. So they had just elected this new president, and um, it turned out when he when he was elected, he started fucking acting like a puppet for the Russian government. Mm. He was like a puppet president. It turned out he was very pro-Putin, pro-Russia, and he started um, changing government policies to help favor Russian influence into the Ukraine. Mm. And because of that, the Ukrainian people fucking ousted him. And that's how much they felt about this guy. Yeah. Right? Being a puppet president. And once they did that in response, here's the thing. If if it was real or not, then I don't know why this involves Russia. Yeah. But because they ousted the president, that's when Russia annexed Crimea. You know, you heard all about that. Crimea is this peninsula in the Ukraine. They just took it over. Mm. Right. And now it became a Russian state and it's basically occupied by Russia right now. And over the, a whole nother fucking fish, a barrel. And I, I don't know if that was the right. I told wording, you, we just make things up. We just podcast. make shit up. The whole nother thing about that is that there was a, an American named Paul Manafort who was the campaign manager, leader, head of this puppet president's campaign, right? And basically, which means he was working with the Russian government to, you know, put in this puppet president into the Ukraine. This guy's name is Paul Manafort. Paul Manafort was fucking Trump's 2016 <laughs> presidential campaign manager. Oh. That's why all this fucking Russia gate shit started happening. Because that guy was actually still a Russian agent while he was managing Trump's campaign for presidency. And that's also why he actually went to jail for that. And that's why all that Robert Mueller, Mueller the whole Russia, Mueller report, yeah, yeah, all that shit. They're saying it's a hoax. It's fucking real. Oh, shit. So many people keep saying it's a hoax. It's fucking real. Wow. Right? So the campaign manager of this Ukrainian puppet president was a campaign manager for Trump. And what's happening right now? Trump is advocating for Russia and Putin to this day still. And throughout his whole presidency, he was fucking sucking Putin's dick. Holy shit. Yeah. So that shit is real. Anyways, that's a side note. That's a whole nother thing. But that was the start of a really big conflict like with like military conflict when they annexed Crimea. Right. And basically what's happening through Putin is that he believes that Ukraine is still a state of Russia, that they are not an independent country. They have no sovereignty, that they belong to Russia. That is the whole deal with 
apparently with them invading saying you're becoming russia again that's what's going on oh holy shit it's as if maybe in the civil war uh texas became its own country right because texas basically acts like they are their own country yeah, right? yeah the yeah, republic yeah. of texas and let's say today we're like you know what fuck that shit you're america you speak our language you look like us you hold all these american values all this shit you know you're american and then the u.s government with all its military surrounded texas and invaded yeah you know it's kind of like that that's what's happening it, it was a former state of russia it gained its independence and now russia wants it back through force it's just so crazy because <clears throat> i was reading um it's a very frightening statement where putin basically warned all allied all allied countries oh my god like listen if you step in this is going to be the worst thing you'll ever do in the yeah. history of the world. Like, like nothing unseen. Some words along that line. Yeah. Which is so much like even scarier when when Trump said fire and fury yeah. against North Korea, right? Because, you know, Trump, we know he wasn't going to pull that fucking trigger. But Putin, mm -hmm. he's a fuck ex-KGB agent. Yes. He has literally killed people with his own hands for goddamn sure. You know? Like he is total authoritarian like nemesis what's going on right he's now. straight up evil yes like he does not fucking care and he was basically saying i'm looking for the quote right now but it kind of gave me like chills down my spine like the way it was translated it was like whoever tries to stand in our way to create threats for our country and people should know russia's response will be immediate and lead you to consequences you have never encountered in your history which basically what have we not encountered in our history world war three nuclear weapons yep. yeah World War Three, it's like that is fucking frightening, dude. Yeah, a guy like that who will actually pull the trigger is yeah. We should be <laughs> on that, our toes about this. And honestly, now I'm looking at stuff like: is there going to be assassinations mm. or like attempts at people's like lives? So the president has announced that there are Russian agents who have made it into the Ukrainian ca capital, Kiev. Kiev. Yeah, Kiev. Yeah, and that his life is in danger. He made a public announcement of that, that the Russian agents have already made their way in. Holy and shit, And they're going to try to assassinate him. Man, I saw this video that fucking, actually, I was like tearing up before we started doing this podcast. It was literally a uh, Ukrainian father. Yeah. And uh, I saw that at the train station. Yeah, the train yeah, station. Dude. It's fucking real. Yeah. Like, it's just the daughter and the mother, and he's the daughter's crying, and he's like kissing his daughter, bawling his eyes out because yeah. he has to stay back to stay and fight back. for Ukraine. But he has to send his family to safety. Because U Ukraine's under martial law right now. And they announced that men from 18 to 60 years old cannot leave their country. Yeah. 60. 60-year-old. 60 That's crazy. And even like, you know, I scroll through Reddit and there's always random feeds. And then there was a off my chest post. I don't know if you know that subreddit. It's just people when they confess like mm -hmm. things. There are people writing about how scared they are they're from ukraine they live in ukraine and and they're saying i have to join the army i can't leave this country other someone else was talking about how they try to leave with their family but then the airport is being bombed like this is some real fucking shit i wonder like how this the i mean we're young too but like let's say um a generation before us right like young 20s mm. Like 15, 16, 17 year olds, you know, even like young 20 year olds. What do they think about this? Because they, right. they, they're growing up in a world where all this information is so accessible and they've heard about disaster after disaster. But for us, we 
we were kind of in the middle between all this stuff, right? The generation before 9-11. Yeah. Everyone else was born after 9-11, this, this younger yeah. generation than us, right? Exactly. We didn't see a fucking world threat like this yeah. since, right? Which is, it, it's giving me those weirdly, like, just that weird queasy feeling in my stomach, just like 9-11. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when, when somebody like Putin basically threatens nuclear war, and then I see, like, I'm not knocking on these kids or whatever, whatnot, right? This, this is not what this conversation is about. Um, it's just weird to see, like, hear this, and then you see, you know, BTS TikTok dancing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, my lovely genius farts. Let's continue to keep this podcast sponsored by supporting our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by The Lost Debate. Whenever you look for news, you may feel forced to choose between echo chambers and mainstream media and conspiracy obsessed alternative media well guess what that's why you need to check out the lost debate it's a podcast youtube show for political eclectics who want to escape their media bubbles and engage in good faith with ideas from across the political spectrum my friends the lost debate is hosted by uh, hosted hosted by ravi gupta Corey bradford and ricky schlott so if you guys want to go ahead and check them out, you should. They cover the latest news, ideas, and trends that mainstream media constantly overlooks. And instead of being at each other's throats, they focus on bringing new perspectives to the table in constructive debates that sound less like crossfire and more like discussions between real people. Join the conversation. Check out The Lost Debate today. New episodes drop twice a week. Search for The Lost Debate on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> See, I thought you were going to say some fucking serious shit or whatever. But, I mean, it is serious, though. Like, yeah, yeah, why, like, what's up with that? Why are you guys moving on with your lives, dude? Yeah, I'm You're like, at risk. Um, do you know what's going on? Yeah. You know, and I'm like, okay, maybe it was like earlier in the day, right? Because earlier in the day, I did an Instagram story where I was upset I gained some weight. Yes. <laughs> you know? And then after I got out that story, you know, days went, you know, I was going on and I looked up my Apple News stuff started popping oh, shit, up. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now? And I'm seeing all these photos. I'm seeing these videos. You know, Khalif actually stayed in Ukraine for three weeks. Really? I think he was doing a missionary work or something. He stayed with the family out there. And then he downloaded the WhatsApp app and he saw their contacts. So he just asked them what's going on. Are they okay? And they said they're fucking frightened to death. They have yeah. no idea what's going to happen to them. Yeah. That is so fucking scary. I mean, you're talking about the younger generation who's just in America, who's just living their lives, you know, like continuing with their TikTok dances. But like, you got to think about it this way too, dude. I just said the martial law requires all Ukrainian men from 18 to 60 to stay, right? Can you imagine someone's turning 18 tomorrow? Some 17-year-old yeah. boy. He's going to turn 18 tomorrow and he can't leave the country. You know? Like and that's he has the to kind learn of how to shoot shit. a fucking gun and fight. Yeah. And the reason why it goes up to 60 is apparently I read this on, on Reddit. Like anyone who's 51 and older has had milit mandatory military training by the former Soviet government. Oh, so they're the ones who know how to use, yeah. we use weapons. They're more useful than a 20-year-old who comes in who has no idea who, what the fuck is going oh on. Oh, my God. That so that's so the situation they're in. It's fucking scary. It's weird because, like, when I listen to, um, like, I follow uh, Tim Kennedy, right? Former MMA um, UFC fighter. Right. Uh, like, uh, Army Ranger. Yeah. Right. Special that, that, Forces. That's fucking, that, he's a fucking badass. Yeah. But he's very adamant in talking about, like, um, and I know a lot of people who, you know, when you read online, they disagree about this statement about America being a shining beacon of justice. 
Yeah. Right? And for somebody who was an army ranger, he has seen a lot of like these different atrocities that happen, uh, you know, in a different world. Yeah. Because the two perspectives behind this, and I'm not putting my two cents in anything right now. You guys decide for yourselves about what you think about this. Yeah. It's the idea of, yes, they are atrocities, but that's how those other people live. Where do we come in and, and tell them how not to live their lives? That's their problems. We have issues of our own. Yeah. And then you have somebody like Tim Kennedy who really loves America and his identity of being an American, especially somebody who was a soldier who has fought for this country says, no, there are, there's evil in this world. And we as a country who have the means to protect other people in this world, we need to do it. Yeah. And it's so hard for somebody who's a civilian like me to sit back. And I can never say this. I can never say like, yeah, we should go out there because I'm not the one going out there. Nah. I'm not the one shooting guns. I'm not the one risking my fucking life. I'm not the one leaving my family behind. Yeah. So like when we see these situations and it really comes to dawn on me when people say, hey, thank these people out there who are fighting for your country. And this is what it is. Because we're not the ones who have to put our lives out there. There's, there's kids right now in Ukraine from 18 to fucking 60. Yeah. That's what it is. Could you imagine? And everybody, anybody who's listening to this right now that's within this age gap, and that's us too, that we would, that I, somebody who just was pitching a show about a guy named Kim Jong-il, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Protecting uh, sexual offenders, sex offenders from women. Yeah. And now I have to learn how to defend myself and then protect this country and kill somebody. Just do like your grandpa, dude, and just go find an island and hide in there, dude. <laughs> Right, just be just like my grandpa did yeah, on another dude. podcast. I got to update you about that whole thing because <laughs> right. I, I, I went back and I was like, dude, you know so much about your family. I'm just going to ask my dad about right. this stuff. I found out so much more shit. Yeah. Dude. Like I was like, oh, this is pretty fucking nuts. Right. Dude. Th that's the thing with Korean parents not telling us about the history, even though it's crazy fucking interesting. Yeah. Like yeah. I didn't even know um, when I was a kid, my grandma and grandpa, I barely I don't remember this too much. But when he said it, it kind of sparked something in my head. Whenever my grandma and grandpa would argue with each other in front of us, yeah. they would do it in Japanese. Oh, shit. Yeah. Because uh, they, they only grew up learning Japanese. Yeah, so they would speak to each other in Japanese. Right. So we wouldn't understand what the fuck they were right. saying. But they would yell at each other in Japanese. So I, I want to talk about this, too. The oddity of the situation that's going on here. Not, not oddity. It's just kind of rare. Because... um. You know, we have seen war in our lifetime and throughout history, when you see war, it's usually one foreign land against another foreign land. And it could be because of different religion, different ethno religious things or all, all these factors because of what they look like, right? This current situation, they are also speaking Russian. They look like Russians. Yeah. They were a former state of Russia. You know, this is why like Putin has this manifest destiny kind of idea. Like, no, they are Russian. They are our people. We're going to just take it back. That's the biggest thing. The other thing being like lies about them having uh, weapons of mass dest destruction. Yeah, militarizing and stuff like that. Yeah. And so that's what's so different because that's what I, I'm starting to see about what's happening with this and what happened in the past. Now, the USA, our country, us Americans, we invaded Iraq twice. The first time was a, a legit altruistic reason because they were invading Kuwait in, in, the, in the 90s, in the early 90s, and George Bush Sr. went and stopped that shit. You know? Now, the second time we went was really weird. It was what was the reasons why we were going in? Weapons of mass destruction. Weapons of mass destruction. 
and also that Al Qaeda is in Iraq when they weren't. They were in Afghanistan, you know. And we look at it today, like why we went to Iraq in the first place. It was a whole lot of bullshit. And in the end, we took a lot of oil, billions, yeah, billions of dollars worth of oil. You know, if we didn't go to Iraq, our, our gas prices would be much, much, much more expensive. Yeah, right. So. I look back at those times and I was a senior in high school when we first got into Iraq and there was a big debate about anti-war sentiment and, and pro-war, right? And growing up where I grew up, you know, the middle of nowhere, very much red state, all this shit, like it was all pro-war and anyone who was against the war were pussies, libtards, you know, like pacifists. Basically, the word was just bitches, pussies, all that shit. You yeah. Know, chickens. And then, um, you I don't know if you've seen this, but there are massive protests in Moscow and St. Petersburg. Yeah. Right Which now, is really- From Russian people. Awesome to see. Yeah. Now, I, I, I just see that as it's so much more different because they, I think they seem to see more of a link, like these are human beings, yeah. right? But in the American case, what were we told about Middle Easterners? Terrorists, yeah, right? Like all sorts of racist shit. You can, you, it'll pack up and stop and stack up with all the things that they said about Mid- Middle Easterners that make it look like us versus them. They're different than us. We dehumanize them to justify why we were in Iraq. Yeah. And this time around, you're looking at what Putin's doing and they are essentially the same people. You know, it's almost close to like looking at North and South Korea. We're, we're both Koreans. Yeah. You know, they're, they're I'm not going to say they're both Russian because Ukrainians don't identify Russians, but they both speak the same language. They have a very long shared history. And I'm pretty sure too, there are people right now who have family there that are in Russia. In Russia, yeah. Russian-Ukrainian family. And they're like, dude, my family's there. Yeah. You know? So it's it's kind of insane when I saw those protests because I think the, a, lot of, a lot of the times too when they see a leader makes a move, it's a representation of what everybody believes in the country. Yeah. Which is not true. Not true at all. Right? Not true at all. Like how government and how people move are two, sometimes two very separate things and a lot of times more than sometimes. Right. And when you see all these thousands of protesters coming out crying, like saying, This is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. And you see them arresting them, yeah. taking them away, dragging them away. I think there was like, an, at the time when I was reading, it was like 1,400 something people were arrested that were protesting. Yeah. You know, I, I saw a video of a girl crying on, on like a TikTok story video or some shit. Like her mom was fucking shot in the head. They went to the grocery store and they came out trying to get away from their fucking tanks and the tank was coming to run them over. So they ran away and they started shooting at them and they blew her mom's head off. That's insane, dude. Regular girl like you and I, you know, and she had to go out and say it on the internet. That this a regular girl happening. like me and you. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, we got to we can go to the you know women's restroom and all that shit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, but yeah, it's like, yeah, these are, these are all people. I mean, the, the other spectrum of that, I'm also seeing the argument. Because I brought up USA and Iraq situation. Yeah. There was so much more sympathy for these Ukrainians than any, than the US had for fucking Iraqis. Mm. They're humans too. 
Yeah. And I'm going to straight up say it. There is a racial barrier. I think it was because it was happening to brown people. A lot of people didn't give a fuck. Mm. But when you start seeing Eastern European type of people and these, and because it's such a modern first, gen, like first world country, you say this shouldn't happen, but it's okay to happen in Vietnam. It's okay to happen in Iraq. It's okay to happen in these other countries with dark skinned people. Yeah. You know, like not saying that we shouldn't keep on fighting to say that this is wrong but i do wish we had that same energy for those people you know dying in all these other countries that's one of the biggest reasons why i went to iraq because i was against i mean here's a here's the honest truth i was for the war in high school because yeah. of all the influence around me because i was saying the bible justifies war and all that shit and then when i became a real christian and read read the bible and all this shit it's like wait a second jesus doesn't want this shit to happen yeah 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 and so I go out to the to you know be a missionary, you know, and all and and all these other missionary kids in training are telling me that what's happening in Iraq is justified. And I'm telling them, dude, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of civilians, not soldiers, are being murdered. I've died to this day. And we've only been there at that point for like six years. Yeah. And they're telling me, yeah, well, you know, this. This book, this verse says that war is justified and all this shit. And that was one of the biggest reasons why I went to Iraq in the middle of a war. Because I wanted to be that representative, American representative that comes in and I'm not trying to kill them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the impact I had on on these people when I was in our bill in, in northern Iraq. I mean, it's so easy nowadays to look at people as memes and blurbs. Yes. Right. And just uh, headlines and news. And you know, here actually, this is a very interesting story. So when I when I went to Pittsburgh, uh, one of the things that <clears throat> there's not much to do in Pittsburgh. Um, <clears throat> when you go to a town like that, or even like smaller towns, or even cities like that, people don't talk more. Uh, they like talking to you. Yeah, they like talking on the plane. They like to spark up a conversation with the person next to them. Yeah, um, I think a lot of people aren't used to that. But, you know, I think whether it's because we did missionary trips or whatever, or we kind of grew up in a generation that was half in between, where somebody wants to talk to me, I'll talk to them. It's not a nuisance. Yeah. I actually welcome it. It's great to talk. Um, I was talking to a guy about, um, it, it was just a, a bunch of different subjects, right? And then I think that sometimes when we listen to the news and we hear about these opposing uh, ideas and views that we have, we think that the people who are on the opposite side of us are assholes. They're not there to listen to reason and they can't have civil discourse because it seems like that when you read a Facebook conversations and arguments, right? So when I was on this plane, I was talking to this guy, very, very fucking nice guy. Um, and the topic of COVID came up and he brought it up, right? And he was uh -huh. like, God, oh, these fucking masks or whatever, right? This shit is just the flu, right? Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. And I don't get mad about stuff like that because yeah. number one, he wasn't angry at me. Yeah. He wasn't saying anything. He was just talking. stating his opinion. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I was like, oh, why do you think it's the flu? He's like, listen, I looked at the percentage of people who are dying. Not a lot of us out there. And I was like, ah, I was like, well, it's not the flu, though. Right. Like, I was like, I had COVID and it was pretty devastating for me. And like, um, KN95 masks clearly work. It's been proven that it does. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I don't think it's really the flu. Like, I've had it and we know people who have died from it, too. And I don't know anybody who's died from the flu, uh, even yeah. though there are people who have. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He goes, yeah. He goes, he goes, I said, you're what we call a true believer. I was like, what's a true believer? I was like, you're scared of COVID. I was like, I'm not scared of it, right? But I'm I'm Asian, right? Yeah. And I was like, me wearing a mask, it doesn't bother me because, you know. Like, oh, yeah. It's so normal. I was like, for me, I was like, I'm not sure if you know this, right? And uh, he travels a lot. 
because he was uh, he's in um, uh, oil mining, so yeah. he he goes from project to project all over the world. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, like I mean, you you know, I'm not sure if you know a lot of age, but when we wear masks all the time, because it's not so much about like. Uh, I understand like when pandemic first came out, you, you people thought like, oh, you think I'm disgusting or gross. It's not about that. It's if I'm sick, I don't want to get you sick. It's a common courtesy. It's just a common courtesy yeah. thing. He goes, okay, I, I can see that. There was no argument from this guy. There was not, it's not how, how everybody paints a human being to be that's on the opposite. He just yeah. wanted, we were just talking and having a conversation. Yeah. And that's where we disagreed on something, but we just still continued to talk. Yeah. It's not like he stopped talking to you under his Exactly. He didn't call like, me dumb. He didn't call yeah. me stupid. He's just like, ah, I disagree. And then we just kept continuing talking for but the you next You know, time. so many people on your quote unquote team, quote unquote, is, you know, to start immediately calling that person an idiot. You know, or a murderer or, yeah, or something. A murderer. Yeah, murderer. Yeah. Up. He was wearing his mask. Everything was fine. And then we started talking a little bit more. And then. It was a really cool moment, too, where he was talking about, hey, like, and then we, he started talking about racism, right? Because he was a large white male. Yeah. He goes, like, I don't think people in America understand what racism really looks like, right? Yeah. And he was like, I've been all, all around the world. I travel constantly, right? He goes, you know, when I'm, in, when I'm in South Africa, he goes, people are racist towards me. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think racism is akin to just one type of color. Yeah. Right? Like if you if you're prejudiced against somebody because of a specific well, this color of the skin, you're, you're racist. Right. Or, or whatever. And he goes, well, like if I go there, they have a, an equivalent to the N word for white people over there. Mm-hmm. He goes, so I get racially persecuted. And I was like, OK, I was like, you understand why, though. Right. <laughs> he goes, because well, they don't like white people. I was like, have you heard of apartheid? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, what's that? Oh, my God. Yeah. I was like, well, you know. If you want to talk about racial discrimination, I'm talking about people know stories about not, and this is not that very long ago, that somebody who looked like you would see, uh, let's say, uh, a black and a white person together and they would stone them. Yeah. Like, yeah. that is why sometimes your skin color brings up a lot of rage and anger because people who look like you beat, persecuted, and, and fucking murdered. murdered them. Yeah. So it doesn't come from nowhere. You know yeah. what I mean? And I was like, that's why in South Africa, when they see you, and he was telling me the story about how he was, what he did wasn't wrong, right? So somebody in the in his mill or mine or whatever placed something, was doing something very dangerously. And this this person was an African, South African, it was an African person. Yeah. And I was like, hey, don't do it like that. You have to do it like this or you're going to hurt yourself. And then one of the workers got into his face and started fucking cursing him out. So you don't fucking talk to blah, 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 you know, in broken English or whatever. Yeah. And he was like, I'm just doing my job. Right. I'm not justifying what that person did, but what he saw, because he doesn't understand your language, is a white man talking down yeah. to this young black man, which is something yeah. that he experienced his whole life. Yeah. Right. So I was like, that's kind of where that's coming from, you know? And he goes, like, Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. The problem stems from a lot of white people who are colorblind. <laughs> that bullshit. Yeah. To act like like, oh, everybody's the same color. But when you do that, what are you really doing in your head? Oh, just pretend this person's white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, right? But then that's not how society still works. You want to hear the kicker though? So we were talking about the stuff and then, you know, we agreed on some other things here and there too. And they were talking about, and then he was talking about his kid. I was like, hey, you want to see my kid? Cool. Fucking kid, black. (laughs) Bro, that shit blew my fucking mind. Yeah. He was half black. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) So 
Yeah, he's definitely not racist. Yeah, like his wife is black. Yeah, you know what I mean. But he he obviously has blind spots going. Yeah, on, there's right? there's blind spots too, I and mean, there's like stuff that he doesn't really see. I think he wants to really see the world. For, in my personal opinion, when I met this guy, he wants to see people for what they are, right? Yes. And that's how he judges people. Yeah. But he's also forgetting that in this country there is a history with the color of your skin and race that people are not easily forgetting right. because there are issues that still arise because the color of your skin. Just because you don't want to acknowledge it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And it doesn't mean that people will forget it just because you did. Right. And so that's the thing that he's kind of forgetting. Yeah. That's that's the problem with, quote, colorblind people. Yeah. Is is that um, they're not they they're pretending, even if they don't know it, that this person has the same history as you, has had the same opportunities as you. You're assuming that they this person um, has gone through zero bullshit, like racial bullshit, like you have. Yeah, right. But I can tell he has great intentions, right? And trying to judge people by the their character, which we try to do a lot, which is great, as well, right? But then you have to acknowledge the differences in people's color, right? You have to acknowledge the differences in people's cultures, and what. You have to acknowledge that what makes us different and diverse is what makes our society beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But if you try to make the world a psychological homogenous country through your own mind by pretending, that's never going to work out. Yeah. And like, you know, when, like I, I think for me, when I had that conversation, you know, and just to wrap it back to you, it's like when you when you went over to Iraq it opened up your mind because you had conversations with people yeah. and that's the thing that a lot of people are fucking not even just forgetting you're scared yeah. you are so scared to talk to people cuz you're afraid that they're going to say something that's going to oppose the way that you think and you have nothing to say back right and yeah you know cuz you don't have your cue cards on exactly. you to say all those talking points you don't have google right you don't have time to sit there read over this comment multiple times over and try to write back the perfect comment back. Right, the you, perfect rebuttal. Exactly. Shit, With stuff right. that probably you don't even believe in, but you just want to be right. When somebody is sitting across from you like or sitting next to you on a plane here and there, all you have is your conversation in the moment, yeah. right? And there are probably more things that I could have said that we when we were going back and forth. And by the way, when I say back and forth, this was a very pleasant conversation, mm. right? Like I said, we disagreed on probably 30% things and the other 70% we agreed on. But he didn't go around calling me stupid. He didn't feel like we shook hands and said, hey, this was a great conversation. It was nice talking to you. Yeah. And I had another conversation like just like this with somebody in my Uber. And mm-hmm. it was so refreshing because I had to remind myself that this isn't the fucking internet, dude. Yeah. There's real people out here who want to talk to you. And even if they don't agree. And this guy was like, hey, you know what, brother? Uh, you know, I agree with most things you're saying. There's a few things I disagree. But, man, it was great talking to you, man. Right. And he appreciated the conversation. And I, and I, and I loved it, dude. Right, I think that's why we're being so socially. Uh, what do you call it? I don't want to. What's the regressive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, because on social media, <laughs> you can announce who you are and what you stand for on your profile, mm-hmm. right? And so people can easily read you if they want to follow you or not or interact with you, right? But in real life, right, people don't know that. You know what you fly a banner of liberal or conservative over your head. They don't know what you stand for. You got to get to know this person, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are 
afraid to get to know people because of what they might find in that way. I might not like something. Yeah. Because if if this person I knew was on the internet, I would immediately condemn them. And then they live their lives like that when they meet someone in real life. Yeah. You know? Like, I think people just cannot differentiate that um, this social media culture with the way we interact in real life. They can't, like split themselves from that and not realize it's not real yeah and i i was talking so i i've been selling a bunch of equipment on offer up and i and i um uh sold a lens and i was talking to this lady where uh she was like yeah like she was asking what i do for a living i was like i do video stuff he's like well i have a nephew who does twitch and he's like pretty popular on there you know people i don't know what popular on twitch is i don't know what the number is but yeah it's like dude he's super funny and his personality is really great like I, I, I watched some of his Twitch stuff and he has all these opinions about everything. He's super uh-huh. passionate. But you talk to him in person, not a single peep. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean? Like he was like, he doesn't talk in person at all. Mm. But when he's when I see him on that camera, he says all these ideas, they're they're pretty out there, but they're funny. And then, you know, he has opinions, but you see him when he's at a family party. Right. I seen him with his friends. He doesn't say anything at all. And I'm like, oh, that's I was like, and I told him, I was like, you know why that is? Is because there's no consequence when you talk to a lens. Right. There's nobody saying back and trying to refute what you're saying. Yeah. You don't have to stand your ground. Right. Right. And a lot of people cannot do that. And you see this a lot with like political debates, which I think are really stupid when somebody like anybody, I don't know, I, there's that, that Steven guy and then there's, uh, you know, Ben Shapiro. Right. 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 You know, which, louder with Crowder. That, yeah. That guy, you know yeah. what I mean? And, you know, he's trying to pick on these like 18 year olds. <laughs> right. On subjects that he has like papers and books and he's ready to argue. Right. Yeah. It's like, what's what's the point of this shit? You know what I mean? Like, why, why even do this? Like, but you know, these kids, and I'll be probably not their fault. These kids who feel like they have their points ready, they just come up and they start blabbering emotions. Right. Somebody who's talking facts or what they believe are facts or stats. Yeah. Doesn't really work that way because you're too used to being prepared, having Google next to you to go ahead and prepare this conversation. Right. When you're face to face with somebody, it's completely different. And you will find out things that you either like or don't like about yourself. And you have the ability to say, like, oh shit, maybe I was wrong here, or I can see where you're coming from. And then still be able to stand your point. Yeah. Right. There's nothing wrong with that, too. I've had conversations with many people where I was like, oh, shit, maybe I'm wrong about this yeah. stuff. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people have a problem with finding out that they're wrong. They don't want to face. I mean, because they feel embarrassment and shame. And that's all still perspective. If you are a learning person and you would understand that there's no shame in changing your mind. Yeah. There's no shame in learning and growing. There's no shame in refuting yourself. Yeah, you know your past self. And I say this too. I hope you weren't offended by the Kim Jong Il thing, dude. That was. (laughs) I'm just telling you a story about something that I pitched years ago. And once again, Kim Jong Il is an asshole. He's disgusting. He's deplorable. And in the end, he gets his ass fucking whooped. All right, and he learns how wrong he is, and he actually becomes a feminist. Right. So that also leads into the other thing we were going to talk about: a great TV show that's on. Yes, right now. Peacemaker. Shout out to John Cena and his amazing tweets. <laughs> so here's here's all we can transition. John Cena tweeted <laughs> that he wished he had the actual powers of Peacemaker so he can go into the Russia-Ukrainian conflict and do something about it. Hashtag Peacemaker HPO Max. <laughs> Love he went, it. He went there promoting his TV show. Now here's the thing. Bad timing. But Great fucking TV show. Peacemakers is so interesting, right? Like, I mean, we could talk about, I actually didn't get to watch the whole thing because I've been right. moving a lot. But 
just in general, from what I have watched, I've it's been very it's very few and far between nowadays. Even with something like Loki, right? Yeah. Loki, it took me a while to warm up, but I could see how great it was going to be. Yeah. Peacemakers first scene, love it. Right. I was like, I love this. I don't know what the fuck this is. I fucking love it. <laughs> the, the initial conversation at the hospital. The fun with the I was, janitor. I was literally cackling, laughing. Yeah. I'm like, dude, why the fuck is John Cena so good? Dude, John, uh, 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 James Gunn's writing, bro. He's just great at this fucking dialogue. Yeah. Shit, dude. And the thing about James Gunn, too, sometimes I feel like his stuff is a little over the top. Peacemakers didn't feel this way. Yeah. It was meant for somebody like him. Like, yeah. Uh, like uh, this this character what i'm trying to say is that a lot of people in 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 and and how it opens is that people see him as actually a villain they yeah. think he's a super villain but in peacemaker's minds is like no i'm a superhero mm -hmm. why are you calling me a villain all these things <laughs> like, his well, arguments are so funny yeah, you kill black people to so <laughs> at goes, a higher rate yeah. he goes <laughs> fine the next time i'm out there i'm gonna kill more white people how about yeah. that deal he goes fine yeah, i like that it's good but it's it's really great how they get into the nuance of of that argument is is that he's like i just go where the crime goes right and in his mind subconsciously he's not realizing that he's just attacking black people yeah right <laughs> And so the the show like opens up the layers of Peacemaker of who he really is and where he comes from, right? My, okay, wait, wait, first, what episode are you at right now? I'm on the fourth episode. Fourth episode? Oh my gosh, then I can't keep going further. This has to be a spoiler-less okay. review of, of like halfway point, we'll say, because there's only eight episodes. Okay, so I'm right? at the halfway point. We'll talk up to the point and then on the next one, we'll go even further once yeah. I finish it. Yeah, so like... What we're going with it was is that his father, right? What do you know about his father so far? Peacemaker's father, just about their relationship. But I don't, I don't know too much. I I, I have to rewatch everything because I'm watching it as I'm moving. Right. Yeah. So like Peacemaker's father is like a racist. Yes. <laughs> He's like a piece of shit, right? Yeah. Especially like the way he treats him. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I'm watching this right, and I, I mentioned it earlier about Borat filming mm -hmm. his piece by the area I grew up in. This show is based in the same area that I grew up in, in Washington. That's so fucking cool. Everyone has Washington plates, right? But they call it- oh, makes it, sense. Yeah. They call it Evergreen Washington, which is like, you know, a fake city, kind of like Metropolis is supposed to be like New York City or some shit. But yeah, like they, they go through it and they really capture, I don't know how I'm going to say this, but the situation that white Americans are in, white American men are in in this day and age. Right. Because everything a lot of white Americans have been told is like a lot of entitlement shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, 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 yeah. and if they work hard and put their head down, then they'll get this shit. Well, they do work hard, but they're not seeing any of the benefits. Now they're getting a lot of external factors telling them that this, these are immigrant faults, that these are whatever this person, that person, this is a Democrat's fault or whatever. Yeah. You know, but we're also seeing it deeper than that in his relationship with his father. Because even you and I want to get to know our father more than we know, yeah. right? There's a thing about men, like when I want to hear a new story about my dad from a, a long relative or whatever, my ears are open. Yeah, I need to know. I want to know, right? Because a lot of fathers in many cultures don't say much. Yeah, they don't. They don't really talk about themselves. We always hear stories about them through somebody else. Right. It's like, oh, did you know your dad? Well, this guy beat up seven people <laughs> yeah. at a bar once to save yeah. a lady. I'm like, that's yeah. cool. Never told me once. 
I, yeah, whenever I meet my dad's old friends, they cannot stop talking about how he was a pool shark and how he was so good at Tangujang. <laughs> he was he, he was just taking he everybody's money. You. He never taught me, never told me about it. Yeah. That's like my grandpa too. It's like my grandpa was really, really, he was like an expert fisherman. Yeah. <laughs> never taught me how to, how to fish. And in fact, he thought I was fucking annoying. He would never let me let him come with him. <laughs> yeah. Right. So in, in, in this case, it, it follows this American idea of, of this man trying to become a man, but what he knows about becoming a man is a really bad example. He's a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. You know? And so his character in itself says very shitty things to other people. He's a fucking asshole. Dude, peacemaker. That interaction that he had with, the, I think this is in the first episode too, with the neighbor. Right. <laughs> Just fucking calling him an old fuck. Telling him to go yeah. down. It's like, holy shit. This guy is such a, his character is so complex. He is a, he inherently thinks that he, everything he does is for the greater good. Right. Did you see the Suicide Squad? The new one, James Gunn directed the reboot. It's one. supposed to continue into it's a this, continue right? from that. It's a, yeah, I it's never a, got to see it. You gotta okay, go back and watch the Suicide Squad, and then watch okay, watch keep continue with the Peacemaker. But you don't really have to. It's written well enough, but that you can it, just it follow starts it. where that movie ends, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. And so, like, what what I see a lot is the like when I see Peacemaker, I see a fucking customer at my store. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, this guy who thinks he's the shit, but really, the society really doesn't think shit about him. And so he has this angst. And that re- character is represented in the blonde lady. Oh, um, yeah, I forgot her name. <laughs> I'm blanking the fuck out. Yeah, yeah we'll come back but, to it. Yeah. But she gives him shit all the time, right? He, She represents the rest of America. That even white women find this guy fucking despicable and deplorable, yeah. you know? And all the other characters, in a way, like they they represent what you see in this person and your first interactions of this guy. He's just obnoxious, slightly sex, very sexist, and 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 just completely unaware of who he is. Really. Yeah, yeah. And as the show progresses, James Gunn writes so well with teamwork and team interaction that helps his character arc. You know, but even in in the middle, you you must have seen it too, where. He he gets back to his trailer home and he just starts bawling. Yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. And what's he say? Like, everybody fucking hates me. You know, you're such a fucking idiot or whatever. And he's like, Jake Paul. Yeah. He's <laughs> revealing like these true emotions of, of of the truth of what's around him, but what he's actually ignoring. Yeah. Which is so amazing to look at a superhero TV show like. What the fuck? Look at this depth of character. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everything else around it, you'll keep watching. It's so fucking nuts. You know, when he had that breakdown moment when he was crying, it kind of reminded me, it really did remind me of social media people, mm. right? They have this like, and I'm pretty sure this wasn't the thing, but I, I, you know, when you watch something, you could take away things that, that's, you know, that attaches to your own personal life. Um, but it's like a lot of these social media people, they go, I don't give a fuck about what anybody says about me. I just do what I do. Yeah. But then I know these people yeah. and it eats them up. Oh, they you know? they care a lot. They care so much. And listen, I care a little bit too, but substantially a lot less than yeah. everybody else. Because you know? we can read what's not true and be like, that's not true. And you can laugh at it. Exactly. Right? I'm like, this is completely false. But there are sometimes some comments. I'll be I'll be honest. I speak for myself. Yeah. I'll see. I'm like, huh, maybe I should look that, <laughs> look that over about myself. Dude, I read this know? comment that fucking irritated the fuck out of me that day only because it was so stupid. They're like, the comment basically said that, oh, it's like, yeah, I really want to like David, but he's so fucking fake 
And I'm like, <laughs> what? Right? And he was like, all these stories about him getting bullied and him beating up people. And I'm like, wait, which is it? <laughs> like, I'm like, am I getting bullied or am I beating up people? Because yeah. I'm pretty sure the stories I'm stating, I'm getting my ass kicked a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just because like when somebody says, this is the funny thing. When somebody tells a story, it's like, yeah, I used to get in fights. I never said I won them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You talk about the fight, but you don't end it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I never, I never said I won these fights. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. These are stories about me getting bullied. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then literally I wrote to him. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's like, clearly you don't listen to this podcast. But I was like, if you want to see, and they're like, oh, David, kickboxing is a joke. I was like, cool. Well, anytime you want, you meet me at a fucking gym, we'll glove up and I'll fuck you up. You're right. Wherever you want. Listen, I'm not saying I'm an amazing boxer or kickboxer, but I'll tell you this right now. If you step into a gym and you have never fucking trained, or even if you train a year or two, I will fucking piece you up. I'm not I'm not saying I'm great at this stuff, but I love this sport. Yeah. You will, you will find out really fucking soon. But what I found was the core of these type of comments that are coming are people who hate to see somebody like you have the confidence that you do. No, I, you and know what? the success that you do have for yourself. Because I really feel like this person who's writing this comment looks exactly like me. Yeah. They're like, this it's is like, impossible. If, if I can't do it, you can't either. Yeah. You know? It's like, you, you're fatter than me. Yeah. There's no way. <laughs> it's like, listen, it, and it's so funny too. I could have so many people come on this podcast, corroborate these stories. You've been around for half these fucking stories yeah. and it's still not true. It's like, I don't know what else to do now at this point. It's like, if you want me to live your sorry existence so you can feel better about your life, it is never going to happen. You're going to live in that pity and sorrow every day. So guess what? Go out there and get bullied just like me. Yeah. <laughs> get out there and get punked and bullied. But going back to that, like I see that guy as, you know, these social media people. Yeah. Like when I saw him, I kind of, I felt, bad for him right like if he's off the phone like th that was where he was away from all these people he was around where he can put on this character in front of them and portray who he is to them but when he's alone and by himself just when these people don't have their phones in front of them what are they doing by themselves yeah what are they thinking what do they actually think about themselves I always think about it with the haters, you know pretty much like when they say shit to me or you or anybody else when I see hate comments I only see people talking to themselves in a mirror. Dude, I've once, one of the funniest comments I ever read to was like, um, I told the story years ago about, it was like this thing I put in the script about this dude, it was a Korean guy who tried to kill himself because he couldn't do anything right. Yeah. But I laughed at his face because it's true because he tried to kill himself and he couldn't do it. Yeah. So, and then this person wrote, they're like, you fucking asshole joking about suicide. Why don't you kill yourself? I was like, wait. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> Like, hold, hold on a second. <laughs> what are you saying, dude? So you call it. Yeah, so you, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I was like, what? You were, like, right. you were right. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is this guy saying? But during that peacemaker moment, if, you, if you've ever seen this clip, it's this moment of, uh, I was about to say Jason Paul, Jake Paul. You're right. Jake Paul and his brother Logan, and Jake Paul's bawling. He's actually crying on the podcast. He goes, I don't understand. Yo, it's just really fucking hard, man, because... All these people just, they're like, we want you to lose. You're such an asshole. You're a fucking dick. I don't know where they're coming from. Like, why do they want me to fail so much? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's because the persona you put on. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, Dude, <laughs> are you serious right now? Don't you act like that to sell tickets? Yeah. Because like, people buy your tickets because they want to see you lose. Don't you know that? But that's the funny thing. When I was watching that, I was like, oh, he's not like some kind of sadistic genius. <laughs> he's stupid. stupid. <laughs> 
Oh, I yeah. thought he was like some marketing G. I was like, oh, this kid's just dumb. He's delusional. Yeah, he really thinks like the world is for him and the, there are all these haters. It's like, no, everyone who buys your pay-per-view want to see you get knocked the fuck yeah. out. He's bawling, crying because he doesn't understand why people hate him so much. And I'm like, oh, well, he's an idiot. Right. He's That's- not as smart as i thought he That's was so peacemaker when you get that That's story. what i'm saying. Yeah. Peacemaker is Jake Paul. Yeah. <laughs> it it's kind of fucking crazy. I was like yeah. holy shit. This is a very weird moment. When i saw that clip i was like that's fucking peacemaker. Yeah. So I like I, I we'll have a part 2 on peacemaker since you saw the first four. Yeah. But the next four i really want to talk about how peacemaker is the better Shang-Chi. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go baby. Peacemaker <laughs> Did what Shang-Chi tried to do and it did it excellently. Oh man, dude. Yeah. And and we'll talk about it. I'm definitely not getting a role on Shang-Chi too. Yeah. But- <laughs> <laughs> we we look for every opportunity, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, uh, this wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. Hope you learned something new. Hope you walked away with something. You can find Ed at Ed Park VP. People are asking about your podcast and when you're gonna upload a damn episode. Hey man, I'm uh I'm going through some shit and I'm not in the mood. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I I feel the pressure, so I'll continue. I mean, it's called Bible Study at Momo. And I you can find the links through my Instagram. Um there's three episodes I recorded last year this time. <laughs> okay. But I I do have another episode ready. I'm just uh, not sure how I want to do it. And I'll, I'll talk to you about it maybe if you want to get involved with it too. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll, um, we'll figure that out and then we'll get it going next time. Uh, you guys can catch Genius Brains every Sundays at 12 p.m. Remember, stay interactive. Give us, give us a rating on iTunes and Spotify. Share the podcast with everybody. Thumbs up the video and talk to each other in the comments because we're all about communication. Just keep it nice and peacemaker peaceful, baby. That's right. We'll see you all next time. Peace. Peace. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.